0: This is Allen Robinson, and you're listening to Roster Watch.
1: and gentlemen roster watch nation welcome back to the epic roster watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com my name is alex dunlap you're of course with byron lambert and we're back we took a we took monday off for memorial day hope all you guys um hope all you guys I, you know everybody on twitter is all pissed off because trump said happy memorial day i, I guess you're not supposed to say that or you're not supposed to say hope you enjoy your Memorial Day. I don't know what to say, but I hope that uh, whatever you were looking to, uh, looking for on Memorial Day uh, came to fruition and certainly um, hope you kept the lives that were lost by the people who so valiantly have fought for our country over the years at the forefront of your minds as you did enjoy that day. So it, it, might I get in trouble for saying that, Byron? What do you think? A
0: real sad state of existence when <laughs> we're I just don't fucking know picking these kind of things, man.
1: Yeah, so here with Byron Lambert, uh, we've got a couple things to get to here, but first a quick reminder that the best ball cheat sheet is available at rosterwatch.com. It's updated to version 7.1, also the dynasty draft cheat sheet, uh, the rookie draft cheat sheet also available at Rosterwatch. At some point during the next two weeks, we will go live with the PPR version of the redraft cheat sheet. So it's an exciting time at Rosterwatch. We'll be rolling out some new things over the course of the summer. Getting ready, as usual, to beat the fuck out of everybody as far as uh, our drafts uh, for the redraft season. And the time to start practicing is now. And best ball is a great way to do that. So go to RosterWatch.com.
0: Big, big news for RosterWatch Nation is hitting the wire right now that Golden Sun, Allen Robinson, returning to the practice field in short order, coming off the ACL, hitting practice for the first time in OTAs up there in Chicago with the Bears. Coming off that week one ACL tear, it looks like he's going to be more than ready to rock and roll Uh, And what should be very close to 100% health for, it looks like, even training camp, of course. We will be at Bears training camp. But, guys, the Allen Robinson narrative is one that we have been all over this entire offseason. We broke the news that he was going to be let go in Jacksonville. We were in that locker room just last August getting sick with Allen Robinson, who was poised for a monster breakout uh, last year, only to be derailed, much like Keenan Allen the last two years where we've been at Chargers training camp. We've been making this comparison for a long time there's a lot of parallels a lot of similarities there and we saw what Keenan Allen did in our fantasy leagues down the stretch last year it's time to start getting prepared in a Matt Nagy offense where Anthony Miller has been rookie stud and supreme being Anthony Miller has been moved a to go-
1: a true golden son a true golden <laughs> has, has sun. been
0: moved to the slot opening up all the big, high-value targets on the outside to an Allen Robinson with only a little pipsqueak Taylor Gabriel opposite the field of him. I, Alex, just, this this is just huge news. And to this point, you've got to say that Allen Robinson is one of those guys in best ball that's had a, a, a fairly enticing uh, ADP. Uh, I would expect that to start to uh, rise here.
1: Yeah, well, it's just how much are people going to be concerned about – the wide receivers and new offenses kind of scenario and it's just like every year there are analysts who who say you know when are we going to learn that we can't take Terrell Pryor you know when are we going to learn that we can't take Sammy Watkins when are we you know all these guys in these new spots right those were the two last year that generally failed but you know, people are going to worry about that. But see, I just, I feel like there's. Here are the factors that are at play with Allen Robinson. For one, he is. And then on top of that, you have a little bit of the nebulous nature about the injury. People are going to be spooked about him coming off the injury as well. So those are the two things that you have going against him the being in a new offense and then coming off injury. What do you have going for him? Okay, well, you have the fact that the Chicago Bears paid him like a number one wide receiver, and you have the fact that. He's going from an offense where the quarterback was Blake Bortles, who's one of the worst quarterbacks in the National Football League as far as his accuracy. I remember last year during training camp uh, videos. Do you, do, you, do you remember the Allen Rob? Uh, it, just, it, seems like, it seems like it's been brushed over, but do you remember last year in training camp they showed the videos of Blake Bortles throwing the football to him and Allen Robinson saying, like, what the fuck is this guy doing and just looking like he was so visibly um, frustrated? With the fact that his quarterback sucks so bad right and so he comes from a situation where it's an inaccurate quarterback who he hates who sucks and a low volume passing attack which has turned into a complete leonard fournette offense there in jacksonville going to what is a matt Nagy offense in chicago that is new school that is smart that is big play centric and that is wide open so it's almost like those two things, at least in my mind, should sort of cancel each other out as far as the 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 pros versus the cons. As we look at Allen Robinson, and when you look at the ADP of forty point three seven, I mean, he's going he's going six picks after T Y Hilton, who we don't even know if Andrew Luck's going to be. Uh, is Andrew Luck even throwing a goddamn football? I feel like I ask this every every two weeks. I mean, I've it never, seems like he never is. I've
0: never been able to click draft on jack doyle's name in any of my best ball drafts just because because his adp
1: is too damn high jack doyle has an adp of like 97 or something why is it too high
0: because you have no idea what the hell's going on with andrew luck
1: and obviously
0: the addition of of ebron a little bit too of
1: of eric ebron but i mean speaking of jack doyle we're taking guys like david and joku who are who have a 32 spots lower adp and vance mcdonald who has a 58 spot lower adp who i'd like to talk to you about here shortly i I, want to ask you about vance mcdonald but we're taking those guys ahead of jack doyle i've never been able to click his name either but regardless i mean where are we on alan robin like alan robinson as compared to say larry fitzgerald and juju smith schuster boy that sure, does sound, like, those two? sure does sound you like you still want to ra- take those guys do you want to take those two guys before alan robinson still at this I, I mean
0: i just have a problem taking larry fitzgerald i mean i know that all the numbers dictate that it's a very
1: you you just kind of have to it's it, i mean you just have to you yeah. have to he's i mean he's 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 Larry legend he's the goat dude I mean, he's gonna, he's he's gonna he's gonna get massive targets. If he stays healthy, he might get 160 targets. I mean, Allen Robinson,
0: I think, lives right in the area with those two guys. Maybe with the addition of James Washington, you can argue for in Pittsburgh. You can argue for Allen Robinson on the outside with the higher value targets, maybe than Juju. Um, but
1: I don't know. It just seems like... I just seems... It, well, you know, Juju has the lower ADP. But I think in a vacuum, I think I still want Juju.
0: Well, it feels a little safer, right? There's just not a whole lot of yeah. unknown there.
1: Yeah, not a whole lot of unknown at all. What about Josh Gordon? A lot of unknown with him. Uh, how do you view Josh Gordon versus Alan Robinson?
0: I mean, I feel like Allen Robinson... Uh, Allen Robinson feels like just a more consistent – probably like he'll be a more consistent play, more reliable maybe on a weekly basis. But, I mean, you have this group just perfect. I mean, Josh Gordon, um, I mean, an absolute freak with – you know, just a different set of question marks. I mean a bigger he's a bigger freak than Allen Robinson. And there's no I don't need to spend time everybody knows that the listens to this podcast. Um yeah. you know, I, what I've been doing with Josh I, I like Josh Gordon in best ball just because of the upside in any given week. So I have, think Josh Gordon is a really reasonable pick right now in best ball. Yeah, I I I'd probably take him over Allen Robinson, yeah. At least in best ball I would. I feel like his upside in any given week is Is more monstrous You know we've seen Allen Robinson The one problem in Jacksonville was he was unable to Beat that double coverage uh, In the year after the big year And uh, you know I think they got some guys that can maybe Pull double coverage away from Allen Robinson But that's not totally clear At this point so I guess I'd have to go Josh Gordon I mean I think the quarterback situation is probably A little better in Chicago And the offensive scheme Is better in Chicago but you know, maybe there's a little more chemistry that already exists with Josh Gordon there in Cleveland. So close call by probably take Gordon.
1: Cross-positionally, Allen Robinson or Ronald Jones? Boy,
0: this thing is real dialed in, man.
1: <laughs> that's the All right, so that's fine. As long as you think it's dialed in and that's a tough decision. Then if you're faced with it um, – if you're faced with it, it's it sounds like you know it sounds like you're on board with that being a decision that our members would have I to mean, face. I mean, Ronald
0: Jones. I don't. Both of those guys. I hesitate to say either of those guys could win you your league. I, I don't. Is I made the parallel to Keenan Allen earlier. I'm not sure Allen Robinson has quite that upside in this situation, but and. Uh, Ronald Jones might have a little more propensity to win you your league than Allen Robinson. But I I think for the most part, that's those two guys reconcile really well, man.
1: So yeah, that's on the best ball cheat sheet available at rosterwatch.com. It's a decision you'll be faced with. If both of those players are available right there at the, uh, you know, fourth, fourth ish round. I mean, those are two guys
0: that can be vital Instruments in a trip to the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs.
1: People are sleeping so much on fucking Ronald Jones, dude. They just really are. They're being huge donkeys. And then, did you see that Greg allman came out this week and said like, I don't know where this Adrian Peterson nonsense came from, but the and I think that Greg Almond's he's pretty dialed in with that club, and he says that he doesn't know where all this stuff came from. But he said, do you do you realize that they just drafted Ronald Jones? You know, he's like, their, their media is saying stuff like that, you know. So it doesn't sound like there was going to be any Adrian Peterson in Tampa Bay. And uh, some of the local beat guys think that that's ridiculous, namely because of the presence of, of Ronald Jones. So just something to file away. Ronald Jones is being absolutely criminally slept on right now because... Um, analytics, Twitter, which we're definitely part of. I mean, we're. T- I, I'm not talking down about people's use of analytics in fantasy football or anything like that. Good. Good Lord knows that we use t- tons of analytics and some some proprietary. I mean, it's important. Some. But this is
0: a damn boots on the ground operation. We've really, yeah, we've man, really like, put the put the. We've. We, I mean, we've put the lockdown on the. The scouting element of this industry, of this business, nobody does it like Roster Watch does.
1: Well, just because we go, because we like to go see everybody. I mean, we, we, it's not that we like to. Well, we do like to, but it's, we know it's important to see all these guys, and we know it's important to trust the opinions of those that are, you know, they're on the ground that we've gotten to know during our travels and travails. And I just, I just know that Almond's a guy that's pretty tied in there to that, pretty tied in there to that program through a bunch of different uh, genres in a bunch of different regimes and i know that if he's saying like dude they, 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 they drafted ronald jones what what's this adrian peterson talk to me that says something um all right so hey no no
0: uh, coercion necessary to get this member of roster watch nation fully on the ronald jones bandwagon
1: hey what about the tyler boyd bandwagon because uh he oh, doesn't tyler even boyd- have one <laughs> yeah, well, he, we used to be on it. He he was our number one route runner from inside Lucas Oil during his during his year. I I liked Tyler Boyd coming out. And um for for the do, do you remember his year in Indy? He was the he was the top route runner. I think that was D'Oriel Green Beckham's year where everybody was screaming that he was just a size-speed monster. And we said, if you saw his on-field drills in Indy, you would call him this asshole undraftable. Yeah, um, I,
0: I was fortunate to escape injury when I jumped off of Tyler Boyd's bandwagon.
1: <laughs> but uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Laser says that he's been looking very good in, uh, in OTAs and that he expects a solid year.
0: Well, that's where he looks good, right? On-field kind of yeah, touch football, seven-on-seven yeah. route-running drills.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: And that guy needs something to fucking talk about so he can get his paycheck for covering the NFL at this time of year.
1: (laughs) Chris Carson... Uh, looking beastly in Seattle, if you've seen the photos, it just adds more fuel to the fire of my worries about Rashad Penny and his current ADP in best ball, which has risen to 41.6 and has completely separated itself from that from those of Ronald Jones and Royce Freeman. And what I view as an inexplicable move upwards, uh, Ronald Jones' current ADP is 56.3, Royce Freeman's current ADP, 58.3. I uh, Rashad Penny is going 17 to, you know, he's going a a round and a half in 12 team leagues ahead of either of these guys, and he has Chris Carson out there that Pete Carroll has talked about uh, regarding his health, saying that it's probably the biggest positive coming out of OTAs, that Chris Carson is out there fully healthy. And I just also think that people are forgetting, when we talk about Rashad Penny, the fact that... He's so bad in pass protection and that they have a guy there in CJ pro size who, I mean, we, we've been begging to have freed forever during the during the, the one stretch of four or five games where he was healthy. And I believe 2016, we always said that he looked like the Seahawks answer in the NFC West to David Johnson. You know, so you have that guy that's going to be vying for third down passing work. You have Chris Carson looking beastly. Who knows what fourth running back they're going to keep on the roster there? Whether it's you know maybe Thomas Rawls or who, who knows what else? Well, don't they I say? Mean, what uh, do they say?
0: A leopard doesn't change his spots, or a tiger doesn't change his stripes. I mean, when do you just arrive at the conclusion that the Seahawks play like five running backs every year, almost just like the Packers do, and just set and, set your and, damn and, watch to it?
1: And invariably, Pete Carroll is gonna t- is going to drive us mad with it t- talking up one prospect. You know, it's one week it'll be J D. McKissick. He's t- that that'll be the fourth runner that they keep probably. But you know, one week he'll be talking up J D. McKissick and how he's looked at practice. The next week it'll be Rashad Penny. We're gonna feed that guy. Oh yeah, you should see him out there. And then it'll be Chris Carson. So glad to have him back. Probably. Do you remember the lip service he was giving Thomas Rawls at times last year and stuff? Oh and, yeah, and I was dude, at camp. And, he, dude, and here's the thing, man like that that offensive line is 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 bad and I'm not going to say that they haven't drafted anybody because they have but I asked this on Twitter last night I said name me one one offensive lineman that Tom Cable has come in there and just developed the shit out of from his, his years in Seattle from 2011 to 2017, and it was goddamn crickets. Like that offensive line is not going to be any good. And they, they, you know they say, talk about a leopard changing his spots. Like that's what Pete Carroll wants. Going back to going back to not giving Beast Mode the the football in the in the Super Bowl. Like. I think that he's kind of gone back there in his mind and said, like he finally said, like, look, we need to get back to running the goddamn football. Last year we only had four rushing touchdowns; three of them came from via Russell Wilson. That was was the offense was goddamn pathetic. We need to get back to pounding the football, being a power running team, and, and and doing things like we did during the 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 beast mode heyday. And it pisses me off to no end whenever the, these coaches are this arrogant to think that you can just come in and install something like that. Because what do we talk? about when we talk about a powerful downhill hard-nosed run game it's a culture it's, it is it isn't something you just. It's not a light switch you flip. It's not something you can just bring in a running back and, and and do. It is a culture. It is built over time. It's built through over schemes and it's built through personnel adapting and adhering to the coaching principles of the of, of the of the coaches on staff over a longitudinal period. You can't just turn it on. It, you, you you need a good defense to have a good downhill run game that you're going to put a lot of uh, focus and and put and a lot of, um, and a, a, a lot of your team's interest in because if you're always in bad game scripts, you can't even run the football. And that defense, last time I checked, has lost a ton of big-time playmakers over the course of the last season or two and is nowhere near what it used to be uh, to personnel-wise, scheme-wise, really anything-wise, not even the aura of that defense is the, is the same as it used to be. So I think this idea that we're going to draft Rashad Penny, uh, you know, that's going to symbolize our notion of wanting to get back to a downhill, you know, beastly run game and we're just going to turn that thing on because that is not how it works a a beastly downhill run game is a culture and if if if, i just think if anybody comes in there and 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 or if if anybody comes to the to their fantasy drafts thinking that rashad penny is just gonna be beast mode somehow reincarnated i i just think that they're gonna have another thing coming
0: Yeah, I just, I'd plan on it being another Russell Wilson year. I wasn't planning on that before, but I think this, if Brandon Marshall makes the team, I think that you're looking at a pretty similar roster to last year, man.
1: More and more reports coming out of Pittsburgh that Vance McDonald's going to be a a key in that offense. We've always kind of liked him because of uh, his athleticism numbers coming out of Rice. Um, Ben, I mean, during his time at Rice, he was basically the best player that that school has ever seen. Um, he gets a lot of, uh, you know, he's basically the reason for uh, Texas head coach Tom Herman's continued um, uh, kind of putting such importance on the tight end position uh, during his time at Ohio State and also during his time at Houston and and, and Texas, always talking about how important that is in his offense. I think it all goes back to Vance McDonald when he was working there under, at the time, head coach uh, David Bailiff. Look, man, Vance McDonald's is a spark freak. We saw last year a game where he was targeted. Do you remember the, the Vance McDonald target monster game last year? Do you remember that? Was that week 17? Whenever we used him, I believe we used him on DraftKings. Just let me see which week it was. But towards the end of the season, man, they started kind of peppering that guy with volume once he was healthy. They did trade for him. Yeah, in the divisional playoffs versus Jacksonville, he had 16 targets. (laughs) He caught 10 balls for 112 yards that week. And then over the course of the last of weeks, uh, 14 – He played in weeks 14, 16, and 17. He had six targets, five targets, two targets, and 16 targets uh, over the course of those one, two, three, four, five, or those one, two, three, four games. So uh, 11, 13, 29 targets over the course of four games. You're looking at an average of about 7.5 targets per game that he averaged over the last quarter of the season while healthy there in Pittsburgh. I mean, with it, with an ADP of 168.5 and more and more reports coming out of Pittsburgh that he's looking like he's going to be a big part of that offense in practice, I, I've moved him way up the cheat sheet, and I want us to have a ton of exposure to Vance McDonald as our tight end two in best ball.
0: Yeah, I think I've been taking him maybe a little bit later than that. I, 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 as you know, we talked about on the Sirius XM show the other day that our kind of our strategy has been if we wait on tight end to take three of those guys, um so i like it i mean i think you can make the case if you look at the Steelers' depth chart that vance mcdonald going into the season is kind of like the third third maybe fourth best target on that offense heading into the season um obviously you've got james washington and then i'm not sure how much thought you've given a guy like Jalen samuels coming into the fold how much he might snipe a player like vance mcdonald um down the down the line as the season progresses but certainly i think argument going into the season that behind antonio brown and juju that he's the uh best pass catcher best veteran pass catcher they've got heading into week one
1: let's take some of these uh twitter questions to round this thing out if you like the podcast again make sure and subscribe we'll have uh we'll have i guess two maybe two more up this week maybe just just one more with trash man that will be out on thursday yeah i think that'll be the deal because we have them on monday wednesday thursday we took monday off this week so only two this week we'll be back to the regular scheduled uh three next week or wait are are we at fsta next week that's not next week okay Um, but yeah, so we'll just, we'll have a few excursions like that that'll break into the schedule, but otherwise we will be, uh, here breaking it down for you uh, over the course of the summer. Let's take this one from EAC 29 and we're not going to be able to be able to get to all these today. If we didn't get to yours, make sure and listen to tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll try to get to some of these with trash man. EAC 29. Do you think that online poker will make a comeback now that sports gambling is legal? And when is the first Roster Watch Nation party going to happen? <laughs> what do you think?
0: I'm not sure about online poker. It just feels like that ship has sailed a little bit, right? Just, uh, no,
1: no, it's coming back. This thing opens, the sports betting opens the door for everything. Just it opens too the many door degenerates
0: for, out there for it to not go it big.
1: Opens the, it opens the door for everything, weed included. Are you thinking I mean, about it playing? Opens the, it opens the door for everything. If if online poker was legal again and I knew I could get my payouts and there weren't gonna be a Black Friday or anything, I'd I'd, I'd play. I wouldn't play with the level of volume that I used to play. You know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have multiple tables you know open and. Play, I don't know. You know I playing. think you might
0: have a few sit and goes just popped up a couple of screens <laughs> up in the background, man, while you're doing your work.
1: Yeah, maybe not while I'm doing my work, but yeah, yeah, I would play. In the, yeah, I would play. Um, I would certainly like it better than you know going to these you know going to these poker rooms you think you could like it as much as dfs baseball i don't i don't know about that i love i love mlb dfs um let's see here 17 this was from jacob bridges 17 man best ball elimination in the middle of an insane QB run, 3.02 and 15 QBs have gone. Fall in line or go against the grain for value and risk not having nothing for quarterbacks at 4.16. I would say that this point, if you've had a if you've had a 15 quarterbacks gone in a 17-man best ball elimination league, I would say wait for 4.16. Um, instead of going for one at 3.02 there's no point in following the herd there to be able to get one of those players There are quarterbacks in the range of like quarterback you know 21, 22, 23 going off the board that you are going to be fine with and nobody if there's been that kind of run is going to be taking t- you know there's only 15 gone. You have 17 men in, in your league. There is nobody that's going to be taking backup quarterbacks after splurging on those quarterbacks that early. So you get you're gonna get to the a, you're you're gonna get to the Derek Carr, Mitchell Trubisky. Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, Alex Smith area, and you'll be able to take one of those guys as your first quarterback. Maybe if you want to, this sounds like it's probably super flex, maybe if you want to, uh, maybe after 4.16, they're on that turn at 5. Get get, get your pick in at 3.02, and then at 4.16, take Derek Carr, and then at 5.02, take Mitchell Trubisky or something like that, and then you'll have everybody swindled. Um, That would be my best suggestion there. Anything else, Byron?
0: I think Derek Carr starts to be a little bit of an interesting name on a guy that I'd really cooled on. The more I think about it, the more I'm realizing how much different <laughs> Raiders training camp could be this year, and how important it is that we'll be out there to get that intelligence uh, out out of Napa for a couple of days for you guys.
1: Well, I mean, how how are people just forgetting? That, I mean, last year, Derek Carr was a player who on everybody's hot take articles coming into the season, on everybody's like, you you know, bold prediction stuff. The in vogue thing to say was um, Derek Carr is going to win the MVP. And, and, uh, you know, coming uh, coming into, what was that, coming into year two or three. I get it. I get it all mixed up now. Well,
0: I mean, Derek, that was, when, he was he came out in fourteen, so fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That was year four he was going into.
1: Coming into his second year with all the coming into what? Hold on, let me look it up. He came in. Uh, he came when was his year? He came out, out in fourteen
0: with Bortles and McManzel and Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Okay, so so coming on, but in that in what what was the narrative then the the narrative was that they well, got, the the, the, got, the got the big
0: contract got the big con-
1: contract and they're on the precipice of winning the AFC West yeah and they're going to and they're going to take the next step to yeah that, and they're going to take the next step to win the AFC West and Derek Carr is going to be the MVP and that was the and that was kind of the narrative you know, that, like pe- there were people who legitimately thought that, and you would not have been surprised if that would have happened in 2017. What happened was the complete opposite of, of what happened. But now that I asked you here in, in late May of 2018, it's about to be June, I mean, would it be that surprising if Derek Carr came out and had a top five fantasy year for quarterbacks?
0: I mean, you know, I just got my first exposure to Jordy Nelson in my best ball draft a few hours ago at like 810
1: A lot of stuff was really wacky last year, man. Like Um, Omari Cooper didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't practice all, all camp. He had the weird nebulous, um, you know, the weird nebulous leg, leg thing. There were, there were injuries along the offensive line, you know. I mean, I think Derek
0: Carr is going to be pushing to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback.
1: So I just yeah so to answer the question we're going to wait till 4.16 we are going to then um going to then maybe take two because it feels like it's going to be a uh, sorry reading questions here uh it, feel, it, it feels like it's going to be uh, I it feels like his ADP is really kind of overcorrected Do you like Derek Carr more be.
0: than Jared Goff
1: no, I like Jared Goff a little better yeah, I'm really But I'm a little bit lower on Jared Goff than, a, a little bit low on Jared Goff Than, than you yeah, are Yeah, I'm starting to
0: feel Jared Goff a little bit Hey, I'll tell you what, the more I think about this potential Inaugural roster watch party I'm starting to think it would have to be around the time That we hit around 50,000 followers
1: On Twitter If we get to 50,000 followers, I'll have the party at my fucking house We can hang out by the pool and have hot dogs Not that anybody wants hot dogs have you, you seen this thing these we,
0: days where they are boiling carrots and then like braising, this, grilling them after taking the skin off and then grilling them afterwards and uh, putting all kinds of other kind of vegan stuff on there? And that was the big thing for Memorial Day was these vegan carrot dogs.
1: I mean, that sounds like something that you—that sounds like something I would find in North Korea or communist fucking Russia or something like that, man. I'll, um, if I ever saw something like that at a backyard barbecue, I would not walk; I would run to get the fuck out of there. And this is coming from somebody that doesn't even eat hot dogs. Here's the thing about vegans—they—and if we have any vegan listeners, you know, no offense meant at all. But my 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 question is, what is so wrong with? What is so wrong with the idea of the, of the idea that we our ancestors have lived for millions of years and eons and eons and eons eating the flesh of animals? Well, what's wrong and, with and the, and the And the only reason that you're here on this earth is because your ancestors were successful at that very skill, hunting and gathering. Why, why are vegans so, like... I just I don't understand why why anybody would be. I mean, is it just I don't know. Well, I think I you're, the, the the, you're the point you're making. They get is mad that at us for hunting and fishing and stuff like that. And and I the, the, the people vegans should get mad at is the is the is the big factory farmers that do all this horrific shit to the animals. Well, let's
0: just say first we're not talking about all vegans, but I think you're referencing some sect of vegans that's kind of intolerant of what other people do and kind of want to beat you over the head with their moralist view it feels and, like getting
1: beaten over the fucking head to have to look at a hamburger or a hot dog carrot on your Twitter
0: but what I will say is my brother is is on a quest to have the lowest cholesterol known to mankind and he's been really telling me a lot that in the there's a lot there's plenty of research that shows in the in the cultures and civilizations around the world That are that basically don't consume any animal protein Those cultures are in completely and entirely free of heart disease They've never heard of it, never seen it, doesn't exist Without the consumption of animal protein And that there have been successful and thriving uh, Cultures that have been more or less meatless from that perspective to me the thing that doesn't make any di- sense
1: di- diametrically and completely oppositely and most cockamamie opposed to to it flies in the fucking face of all kinds of peer-reviewed valid research that's being done here in america your brother's a fucking oh, I, I its not it, it isn't it, it that is I just would not love true. to watch
0: you two have it out because he would come very very prepared and he is an attorney he's tough to argue with always have I'm sure he, I'm, always, I'm sure stuff
1: sure to argue with I tell him to get I, I, I tell him to I tell him to take his fucking hot dog carrot and and, and stick it where the stick stick it where you know what
0: Oh, he's. I told him you are what you eat, and he's turned into a bean sprout and a couple of raw almonds over the years, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we will just end it on that. We'll get to more of your questions on the next episode of the podcast. Uh, please, as always, make sure and subscribe. Make sure and rate, review. We do look at that stuff, and if you guys aren't rating and reviewing the podcast, we're not going to continue doing them with the same volume. So, with that said, for Byron Lambert, for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius, and for all of. Rod- Roster Watch Nation. My name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. We will see you next time.